Hello and welcome to GTFO, Grow Traffic Figures It Out. It is a marketing podcast brought to you by digital marketing specialist, Grow Traffic. I'm Hannah, I am a director of Grow Traffic, and today we are talking about is blogging ever enough? So this is a follow-on podcast, part two from last week's episode, where Dali and Talisa talked about using a content marketing strategy effectively. So today we have three top tips, and we're going to take you through how to really make the most of your blogs, how to make the most of your content strategy to get your business the sort of growth that it wants. So I'm joined today by Pat McMahon. Say hello, Pat. Hello. There you go. <laughs> Do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. My name's Pat McMahon. work for a um, specialist adaptations company called Rise Adaptations. Um, my background and relevance to this podcast is probably for the past uh, 10, 15 years. I've, I've had a marketing roles, various marketing roles, and I've kind of got experience both um, client side and agency side. My role at Rise is kind of... Um, to be honest, it's more operational now. I oversee running a business. However, I still wear my marketing hat and I'm responsible for, for all of the marketing within the business. I think what's really interesting about you and your background and what you bring to, to this in particular is that you've you've run a marketing agency, you've worked as a marketing manager, you've worked as a kind of, what were you like, a MD of a business, and now you're a business owner. So you've seen marketing from every angle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it gives you a different perspective. I, I can remember in, in the early days when I was, I purely worked for agencies and I worked for a couple of agencies in, in Doncaster, where I'm from. Um, I had a lot kind of less patience and, and empathy, I think, for my clients um, because you tend to get frustrated with, you know, you can get frustrated with marketing managers and, and the pace that they're working, uh, which they're working. And then when you actually start to, to walk in their shoes and you realise the... Um, the number of things you get involved in outside of marketing, just within the day-to-day running of business, you realise that, um, yeah, there are numerous challenges. And I suppose that kind of ties in actually to key parts that we're going to be discussing today about, about working smart and maximising your time because you don't always have that much time to invest in this stuff. Yeah, that's a really interesting point, actually. What do you think is like the kind of top two challenges that marketing managers are facing? Um. I think you're constantly prioritizing. You're always, your biggest challenge is you, there's never enough time. So you're just constantly reprioritizing. And depending on the scale of your business that you work in, um, I can remember I had a spell, I was part of a, a biggish marketing team uh, with Mitchell. There were about 60 of us in that department, of which there were about 2,000 employees within the business, um, numbers of departments, and everybody was fighting for your time and just constantly mm. trying, to, trying to balance that is a challenge. Um, in addition, I suppose, I don't know whether I'd put it in my top two. Top two is quite a strange number, top two. <laughs> top Another top two would be, um, I don't know, it, because because your role is so varied, it's very difficult to keep abreast of um, just how technology and the world of SEO and, um, evolves. And I think that's why, as you, if you're working in larger organisations, you, your reliance on outsource support, the likes of GT, uh, you guys, um, becomes necessary if you really want to um, succeed in a specific area. Yeah, brilliant. Thanks. Yeah, no, I thought two because it wouldn't take too long and you wouldn't have to think of three. So, <laughs> and it's better than one. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, and I suppose budget as well. Like everyone's always really mindful of their budget. Um, 
So that's really why we why we wanted to discuss today how you can make the most of your content that you're creating. So as as we kind of discussed last week, no blogging never really is enough. But if you are strapped for time or you're not abreast of the current um, kind of technology and algorithm updates that and you've not got the budget, then how can you really maximize um, maximize your content so that your content strategy is is enough and you're not just relying on blogs? So we've got three top tips for you today. So the first one we're going to talk about is work smart. So Pat, what do we mean by this? Um, it, it, it's kind of it's, it's maximizing your time, and, and I suppose back to back to your topic around looking, looking more than more than blogging, blogging. It's what ways can you use that content beyond just you know solely focus on targeting a specific keyword or just SEO ranking. So. Um, I don't know, it's probably easier to talk through a couple of examples mm. of what, what, well, where, where I currently work, Rise. We've got, um, I, I am pushed for time and I'm also pushed for cash because we're a relatively new business. So what I have done as part, part of our strategy is that we've, there's a really key piece of content that will be useful to most prospects that we speak to. And it's kind of a comprehensive guide to changing places, which is a, a kind of one of our key offerings. And also, it's relatively unknown. It's, it's kind of um, it's not common knowledge within local authorities. Um, so we we're developing, or I'm developing a, a a kind of a practical guide to that, which is probably going to be about 50, 60 page document. And kind of got a bit of an end goal with that. And what that gives, it gives me a bit of purpose for for the content and the kind of weekly blogs that I'm going to produce along the way. Now, in addition to that, there are numerous ways that I can then split that down further. So I may create that into kind of split off key key sections and create mini guides from that, looking at creating a, an overall kind of content hub within our website. Um, the content that we produce, we utilize and ensure that goes out into kind of um, consistent monthly newsletters. Um, and then if we have the time, um, we'll fragment that even more and, and run that out kind of um, social media. So what you're doing is you're taking, you know, a simple activity such as blogging, and you're utilizing that to, to create, um, well, to spread it across multiple channels, but also you, you, you're repurposing it in a number of ways. Yeah, so from a really, really practical point of view then, what you're saying to do is kind of write maybe five, six, seven blocks that are all along a theme and focus yeah. on a certain section of a process, pull it all together so it forms one big guide. And you could even have that as a kind of downloadable piece of content to use it to grow your mailing list. Yeah. Uh, and then from that, you you use that as separate blogs, you use it as a, a full on guide, you could even print it and have it as a, a brochure that you pass out. Uh, physically, you take snippets of facts and information and post it out on your social media, you send it out as your newsletter with links back to your website. And um, so that's kind of where you're going with that. Definitely, yeah, yeah. And, and at Rise, that's been a conscious decision since day one, we're working towards pulling together this, this guide. Now, we have in previous roles, we've kind of worked it the other way where probably have inherited a project that's been um, less thought through. And it, it may just have been a simple case of blogging. And what, what I've um, inherited has just been a number of blogs. And then we've, we've actually looked at different ways that we can use that and maybe create that, create that guide as a result of the content we've already got. But it's just looking at different ways that you can, you can use what, what you've got. Reality is, you, could, you know, probably take a, a, a collection of blogs and you could repurpose that in three, four, five, six different ways. 
Yeah, you don't exactly, you don't need to be writing fresh blogs to do that. You can have a look at what you've already got and think about where in the funnel that content sits. So, you know, you yeah. don't want loads and loads of top of the funnel pieces um, mingled in with bottom of the funnel. Would you say that it's better to have uh, mainly stick with kind of top of the funnel or mid range or would you want a variety? Again, I think it depends on depends on your strategy. With this particular piece, it's kind of an overarching thing that is going to, it can be used every stage and there's kind of different levels of depth. But if you if your strategy is considering um, specific stages of the funnel, then you, yeah, you, you write it accordingly. Like I say, this particular piece, it's, it's kind of a catch-all. Mm, yeah, cool. Um, yeah, brilliant. And I, you could as well turn that into some media as well, like, you know, put it into videos, stick it on your YouTube channel or, or talk about it as part of a like, uh, as part of a Facebook Live. Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's loads of ways within this. I, I, I could I could talk for a long time about this because it's, it's, I mean, an, another another way that it can kind of look at just just a quick win, really, sometimes kind of overlooked in terms of maximising what you've got or trying to, you know, invest minimal time within your marketing. Um, something we've done past couple of roles, we look at like just utilising internal documents. Quite often you'll find that questions that you you your clients or prospects are asking, they're challenges that you face as a business yourself. So you probably, um, I'll give, give you an example. We, we, get, we get asked often for um, risk assessments for um, just for use of changing places. Um, and it, it feels a bit daft. It's been an oversight on my part, but only recently I've just commissioned a, a health and safety kind of consultant to just pull together a generic template because that's something that's it's it's useful to us, but also we can blast it out to everybody, um, and, you know, and, it, and it's abuse. And also, we, we just you know, sending out that kind of um, template that's just logoed up, rise. It, it just gets our name out there. Um, similarly, we've had I've had I've had experiences where um, previous roles at, and at Rise where we've kind of we we go out and survey sites to see whether it's feasible for what we're looking to build. Well. A lot of those questions the clients will have prior to actually reaching out to us. So you could take something like a simple survey document that you use internally and just rebadge it and make it customer focus. And, you know, straight away, you've got a template there that they can use. Yeah, I think it's about talking to people in a way that they want to be spoken to, metaphorically speaking. Well, practically speaking. So some people will make a decision off the back of a couple of social media posts. Some people want you to go out there and hold the hand. Some people will read a, a guide from front to back and will kind of make a decision on that. Some people want all of the above. And if you're repurposing your content in that way, then you're, you're hitting everybody in a way that they want to be communicated with at every stage of the buying cycle. Yeah, 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 exactly. I think that there the, are the other ways. I've, I've, I've jotted down a few tips, but I think like a third one, which is kind of overlooked, but I've, I've, I've used this quite a lot um, historically. It's just, I mean, case studies are obviously a brilliant sales tool. You can get somebody further down the funnel, you know, it really can help convert sales. Um, and what, when you're interviewing people throughout that process, you know, you'll, you'll generally be quite formulaic and, it, and it'll, you're talking through what were your problem, what were the challenges, what's our solution, aren't we great, cheers, and, and you're on your way. And, you you know, you kind of repeat that process. But if you could put a, put a bit of foresight into it, you could probably introduce quite a few standard questions into that interview process. And then by the time you've pulled together three, four, five case studies, you've got... Um, you've got 
answers from you know clients potentially thought leaders about a specific topic that you can then collate into standalone pieces you know here's what five people think about the impact of brexit here's what five people think about this and it just gives you again you, you you're maximizing what what content you've got yeah i think case studies is a really good point as well so you know we talk a lot about blogs and when we're talking about content marketing you know they are dead important but don't neglect your case studies because again they're repurposable you can you know you can put them on as a blog you can put them into your into your brochure you can take out snippets and use quotes on your social media they're they're also incredibly versatile and should not be overlooked um, they are, and the, the key the key thing to them as well is that you know you're competing with everybody online and you're trying to find that unique spin on your content that's that's such an easy way to do it yeah, that's it, it. Truly unique. We've had, had some really good success. I worked for a company years back. It was a company called People Safe, um, kind of long worker safety, and and we did um, we'd done a number of case studies there, and we just kept asking. We were just we were very honest questions, and we were trying to almost pick fault in our own service. And it was um, you know what would you change? What would you done differently? And we we turned that into a series of kind of lessons learned documents, which were mm. really useful to future clients. Yeah, that's such a good idea because people do want to see that you listen to their feedback because you might not pick your own company apart, but you can bet your bottom dollar other people are. So, you know, you need to be kind of overcoming objections. That's that's a really important part of the sales process. And if you can do that before people even think of the objections, then you're already on the front foot. I do just want to say, though, about um, reusing content from an SEO perspective, don't don't duplicate content on your site so you, you repurpose your content reuse your content but don't have the same bits of content going up time and again so what we're talking about here is you might have five or six blogs that are on your website as blogs and then you pull them together in a guide that you pdf and put on your website so in terms of google it's not seeing that you've got duplicated content on your website and then you might form that into a um some case studies that you then put up as you know kind of separate pieces of content so it's not not duplicated and then you put some on your social media channels for example so you know don't be using the same pieces of content exactly the same in multiple places across your website because it's not going to do you any favors it's not going to do you any harm but it's not going to have the effect that you want on your rankings and your your position on the search engines Okay, so move on to point one. So that's point one, work smart, repurpose what you've got, you know, don't reinvent the wheel, maximize your time and your budget on that. Number two, this is one that we come up with a lot on Grow Traffic. We say this a lot, do a few things well, don't spread yourself too thin. So Pat, what do we mean by this? Yeah, don't overcommit, just make sure you, you know, whatever your consistency is so important with this stuff. So whatever consistent is to you, whether that's, you know, a monthly podcast, a daily blog, whatever it may be, if you're going to commit to it, make sure you can deliver against it. I had um, I had a tendency kind of earlier in my career where I would create these really um, elaborate marketing plans, um, and I'd want to you know a million kind of objectives and loads of channels, and then I'd end up doing ten percent of it. So now I tend to just pick a couple of simple goals, which generally very closely aligned with just business results. You know we have. We're quite hard nosed about it, and it's just about lead gen and sales. Mm. Um, I'll pick best performing channels, which I tend to know, um, and just make sure that I can deliver against it. Again, it, this kind of ties into point one where you're working smart. You know, you can just 
just focus on a couple of activities and just utilize it in a number of ways. Yeah, if you're a small business owner and you, you know, you've got one or two people and you don't have the the funds to outsource to a marketing team, you need to be really maximizing your time. You can't carry out an entire marketing strategy because you've got core business to do. So pick one or two things that that you are really good at or that you know are going to get you some some traction some sales and allow you to grow and outsource eventually and and do those like I speak to people all the time who say right I know I need to do LinkedIn but I hate it and I'm shit well don't do it then like if you know if you hate it and you're shit you're never going to get the traction do something else that you're better at that will be as effective for you um so yeah absolutely just pick a couple of things and also I think be 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 um informed about it so don't fly off half cocked like think about what channels do work for you and pick those as well so use your google analytics use your you know se ranking or sem rush or mars however you want to do it and use analytics on facebook business suite and see what is what does work for you and obviously there's loads of other places you can get data from and see what genuinely works from you not what you think is going to work for you yeah yeah and that's an that's an important point so again coming back to kind of limited time and trying to maximize what you're doing don't always have to be about creating new stuff you know, if, if you've got a site that's got a bit of history to it, you know, two, three years and, and you've got access to that data, you can review, you can review that. And it, you see the likes of, you know, these marketing guys, your, your Neil Patels and your, and your Brian Deans, like your backlink, they're constantly writing 2020 updates, 2021 updates. And, you know, identifying your top performing five, 10 blocks, rejigging them, updating them, introducing some new t- terms, you know, targeting just some new semantic search stuff around it. You know, you might be able to take a, a blog that's got a landing page that's kind of got 500 organic hits a month to 700 organic hits. That can be a lot easier than starting from scratch with something else. Yeah, exactly. And and traffic does tend to favour more up to date content. So, and as we know, traffic traffic wins your rankings essentially. So, you know, decent traffic. So, updating your content regularly is a really good way of. Um, hitting point one I suppose repurposing and making sure that you're working smart uh, but also allows you to be uh, consistent and playing to your strengths yeah 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 so I mean doing a few things well it's just it just really is keeping things simple and and for us at Rise I um, I literally have a, a single page uh, spreadsheet that I, I share with a couple of people that are in, involved in pulling pulling stuff together with me and it just aligns what we're doing you know, I, I will, it will, we kind of, it's, it's an annual plan. We review it quarterly and often it changes quarterly because, you know, things do change. Tend to work a month in advance and it kind of aligns at that, that month in advance. It gives kind of my internal sales guys chance to um, prepare and research data that we might be, you know, as part of their prospecting whilst um, I'm pulling together content that's going to arm them for the following month. So, for example, this month we're, we're researching kind of outdoor parks and spaces because that's kind of a, a key area where our products are, are going to be relevant. Uh, and whilst those contacts are being pulled together and researched and, and reached out to, I'm writing together a practical guide for changing places in, in open spaces. So it's just mm. what you're doing, really. Okay, so that's number two. So number one is work smart, repurpose what you've got. Number two is do a few things well, don't spread yourself too thinly. And number three is have a clear purpose. So what do we mean by this? Yeah, so purpose, um, 
not in the sense of kind of like defining your why or you know what your purpose is what you stand for it's just just having a reason for you know basically don't just blog for the sake of it so you know in, indexing fresh content and targeting keywords it's always going to it's always going to lay side but you can do this whilst achieving other things so it kind of kind of ties back into to point one working smart it's, you can develop a content plan that aids your organic SEO, but you can also educate your customers at, at different stages of the funnel whilst you're doing it and, and make your salespeople's lives easier whilst you're going along. Yeah, and Google would, would will say all day long, that's how they rank content. It's what's entertaining, what's informative, what's educational, what helps people make decisions. And when you're coming up with your content strategy, um, especially for SEO purposes, if you're kind of main... Uh, goal of your content strategy is to rank higher you should always be focusing on what are your customers asking what if you want to be ranking in those search engines what what are the search engines being used for who's asking what why are they asking it what what answers are your competitors giving so who's ranking better and why are they ranking better are they giving more succinct answers are they giving more detailed answers are they really well referenced are they cited properly think about you know the purpose of your content don't just bash out a lot of content for the sake of it and similarly don't think of your blogs as your as your news it's, no, it's not your blog and your content strategy shouldn't be about your business because that is neither entertaining nor educational i would argue it's dull no one gives a shit so you need to be writing for the for the sake of your your target audience answering questions that they're asking yes it's true i, I remember I, it's, it's probably about might even be 10 years but i, I read a really good book I, I have read books since, but I've, I read a really... <laughs> have you read books? <laughs> yeah, I've read a few. Um, but he's a guy called Jay Beer, who's um, he's a he's kind of a marketer. He specialises in social, but he, he's, um, he's got an agency over in States, and he wrote a book called Utility, Y-O-U-tility. And the strap line to that book was smart marketing is about help, not hype. And there's some brilliant examples of that. It's still, it's still really relevant today, and it kind of aligned... Um, it aligns with when you look at all the kind of, I don't go too, too detailed here, you go into all that kind of Google DMOT stuff, zero moment of truth stuff, which again, it's about 10 years back. It just, that that in itself is really interesting to read. And if anyone's interested in learning more about kind of consumer behavior, it's, it's worth checking that out. You know, that kind of just highlights how um, consumers now research products way more prior to purchase than used to. You know, if you, if you think about it back in, back in the kind of good old days where, People had yellow pages and AAA joinery used to get every phone call because yeah. the list, you know, that that will start start the journey. And then their sales guy did the majority of work. Whereas now, you know, they've already been on Trustpilot, Insta, Checker Trade, Amazon, whatever else, before they've even spoke to you. So, you know, the, these are all opportunities to, you know, to educate consumers along the way. And you've got an opportunity to kind of align your, you know, the most basic content blogs with that journey. Yeah, we'll put um, the name of that book in the show notes for sure. Um, yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. Uh, oh, I think as well. Sorry, I remember now. For the for the sake of backlinks as well. So from an SEO perspective, we obviously talk a lot about backlinks. Backlinks are really important. Backlinks are Google's way of checking how. I suppose authoritative your content is and whether or not it's trustworthy and whether or not it's useful because if somebody else in your field references your work then that's that's a good indicator that it's decent work that it's 
that it's you know truthful and and informative and is answering questions and if you're putting out content that is well researched that's not boring that's answering questions that people are asking then naturally you're going to attract more backlinks if you're just putting out boring content that's about your business no one's going to link to that because why would they it doesn't benefit them in any way um so yeah building I mean, Google don't want people to buy backlinks. Uh, in fact, they say it's like totally against the rules to pay for backlinks and to work on reciprocal backlinks. And that's because their argument is decent content that's that's educational or informative or entertaining will naturally generate its own backlink. So when you're coming up with your content strategy, you need to be really considering um, what your what your content strategy is doing for your customer for your target audience and don't be afraid to give shit away give away like the tricks of the trade because you know i always think of it like decorating your house yeah i could paint my own house but i'm going to make a cat's ass of it and it's boring and it takes me forever so i'm not going to do it i'll pay someone else to do it and that's a bit that's a bit the same like i can go and i can go and get the answers to you know booking my own hotels or whatever or organizing my own holiday i could do it myself but why would i if someone else is there to do it better yeah yeah it's all it's all changed like i say it's funny you say like secret sauce I've, again another book i read about um it's a, a good blog content marketing institute they are kind of one of the authoritative figures but you know in content marketing and joe bullets who kind of runs that place they he's, he's written a number of books but I remember this it was an article I'm reading about that term secret sauce and it was about you know McDonald's it was their trade secret what's in the Big Mac sauce whatever else and and now that shifted now they actually did um, a video showing you how to make it and it's oh, true really? all, yeah all this because you know there's 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 nothing to hide anymore that the the brands that can showcase or get the most informative uh, stuff out there to consumers are the ones that tend to win so you know it's just Get it out there. There's 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 nothing to hide because people people want to know this stuff before they're speaking to you anyway. Yeah, because I mean you need to prove apart from anything else that you know what you're talking about. Like the the Big Mac sauce is such a good point because yeah, I can make a burger at home and yeah, I can put Big Mac sauce on it, but I'm not going to get the fries and you know I have to make it at home. I could just drive to McDonald's and get it. So um yeah, people aren't going to turn away from your business just because you're giving them like demonstrations of how good you are if anything it will it will win you more customers so don't be afraid to actually give answers yeah yeah exactly I, I, again last last example but it's going to be it's, it's a crap example because i can't think of the name of the company <laughs> it was an example i read about in, again in the states it was um some guys they, they've got a business that specialized in fixing own computers and their entire marketing strategy was to develop a youtube channel show showing every, you know people at home to do exactly what they do mm. how we fix computers you know and uh, you know you'd think it's it's kind of uh, it's contrary you wouldn't you wouldn't want to do that because you, you you're doing yourself out of business but you know the opposite happens it, what they do is they tend to find people looking for that stuff and and their business kind of grew tenfold just as a result because the right people were actually finding them and they also found i think that most people who had a go at it doing it themselves tended to balls it up and then yeah anyway yeah like we always say about our industry about seo in particular it is a murky world and people think that seo is a dark art and it's really complicated and it's really not complicated anyone can do seo you just need the time and the desire and a little bit of knowledge and background so we openly show people how to do it 
and no one can be asked to do it themselves. So, yeah, I think that's that's so important when you're coming up with your content strategy. Um, okay, cool. Anything else that you want to talk about on that, Pat? No, not for a moment. No. Can we just talk about cornerstone content? Because I remember when we worked at People Save, you and Alicia deployed really effectively some cornerstone content. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah, there is. And, and in fairness, that's probably five, six years back. And I bet if we if we Google today, that stuff will still be, you know, outranking most of the stuff. So no, it's just it's just identifying your kind of you know your, your top performing or biggest potential kind of keywords and developing some really strong content within your site that that you just really go to town on to, you know to rank for that and as part of your internal linking structure crucially you're linking back to that to those pieces mm. yeah it was really effective and i remember uh, we did some seo for a competitor of people safe and it, it was hard to outrank you. I mean, we did it eventually, but yeah, <laughs> you know, it did work really effectively and it's, it is a great way of really maximizing the use of your, of your content. Yeah. At a very basic level, for example, we, a specific keyword that we wanted to go after there, a good one was loan worker policy. Mm. So you go, you know, war and peace about loan worker policy, everything that somebody would want to know. And then we wrote a billion blogs around that all long tail keywords linking back long, you know, loan worker policy examples link back to it, loan yeah. policy template link back to it. And yeah, it does work. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So to summarize then, number one, work smart, repurpose what you've already got, dissect it into um, social media posts, pull it together and, and bring it into long form guides, long form pieces of content. Number two, don't spread yourself too thin, do a few things well. And number three, have a really clear purpose. Um, define your goal of your content. Look what other people are, are answering about, you know, who is ranking best and what sort of queries they're answering and go after a similar sort of purpose. Yeah. So that is how to make blogs more useful and make them a really, really effective part of your um, content marketing strategy. So if you want to find out more, you can go to our website, growtraffic.co.uk. Pat, tell us about Rise. <laughs> okay. It's probably not too relevant for your listeners, but um, yeah, we're, we're a Doncaster-based company and we specialise in, well, we, we, we work within the disability sector and we predominantly build, we do either sensory rooms for kind of uh, education clients or, or attractions and uh, probably most importantly, we build changing places toilets, which are fully accessible toilets for profoundly disabled people. And there's a massive shortage of those in the UK, and we're doing what we can to try and build more of these to, to help people um, just fully live their lives. Yeah, it's so important. Like if you were going to a theme park, for example, and you needed to, to get changed and you were profoundly disabled, there's nowhere for you to do it is that you'd be like doing it on a toilet floor or something. Yeah, you've got you've got you've got families that are just they are restricted. You know, they're you're getting changed in the back of back of a car, a toilet floor, a car park. It's pretty undignified. It's yeah. not, and and in many cases, unfortunately, they choose to just not go and, and enjoy those places. So, mm. yeah, it's a it's a business that we kind of there's a there's a few of us. We're really proud about what we do. We're donating back into the cause. We're doing a lot of charitable work, and it's it's a really really nice business. You know, it's a really good feel good thing that we do. Yeah. What's your website? Um, Riseadapt.co.uk. 
Brilliant. That's it then today for GTFO. You can uh, go onto our Facebook group, uh, our Facebook page, Grow Traffic. Leave us some comments. We'll put the books that Pat referenced in the show notes. Join us next week when we're talking about something else that we don't know what it is yet. Uh, and thanks very much for joining us. Goodbye. Say bye, Pat. Bye. <laughs>